Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Siri from the band Humbird. How's it going? Going pretty good. (laughs) Great. Uh, You brought some bad tracks to share with us today. I'm excited to Mm -hmm. listen to them. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Uh, When did you first start writing songs? I first started writing songs in middle school, probably um, sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. Pretty early. kind of... Pretty early, yeah. I I wanted to learn guitar in order to put some like instrumental aspects to the stuff I was writing. So it was very, yeah, oddly planned out for an 11-year-old, but... Yeah, yeah. that's super interesting. <laughs> yeah, I feel like usually it's like somebody will play start playing an instrument and then they start writing that way, but it, fun, to, mm-hmm. fun to hear it the, the other way. I mean, mm-hmm. I think definitely I, I start also started writing songs in middle school and a lot of them were very like lyrics and melody focused. Like I start, even though yeah. I did play piano, I yeah. started a lot with just singing, but I had played piano since I was like five. So I already had like that yeah. instrument bass. Cool. Yeah. Piano is such a good bass to have also. Um, so you started playing guitar and then were you just writing stuff solo for a long time? Did you form or join a band at a certain point? Yeah, I was in a couple bands. I played hockey growing up, and on my hockey team were some really special people, and three of whom were triplets, and they were from an Irish family, and they all played music. Oh, wow. And we, yeah, we got to know each other well through playing together, and I was learning guitar, and so we ended up starting an Irish band. That's amazing. In middle school. Yeah, it was <laughs> honestly a hugely formative part of like the rest of my life, but who would have known at the time? Um, but yeah, so we called ourselves the Celtic Club, <laughs> and we learned a bunch of traditional Irish songs together and it was kind of my just a really fun way to experiment with harmony and arranging and just collaboration it and um, also I mean Irish melody is just the more you study that the more it's just like a unfolding master class and how to use words and melody to evoke emotion so yeah that was the first band I played in and I miss it. Those were good times. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. After that, what what did you do? Well, the Celtic Club, I would say our heyday was like middle school. Mm-hmm. We did a couple uh, talent shows. Right. We played a lot for our fellow hockey teammates at tournaments and stuff. But I then transferred to a music school here in the Twin Cities called Perpich, which is awesome. It's a really unique Um, arts public school here and when I started going to that school in high school I just met so many musicians my age and there was a lot of opportunity for forming bands and playing together after school and I always kind of did my own thing and then um, practiced with other people and did one-offs and stuff but 
that was a great experience for learning how to work with different people as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah was I was awesome. I was just talking on another podcast episode too about how like important it is to write and play music with other people to like expand your sort of like concept of how to create. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, let's let's get into it. Let's listen to some of these songs. <laughs> What's the first one that you want to listen to? Man, I guess we could maybe go in chronological. That'd be order. great. Yeah, the first one I think it's called If Pigs Could Fly. <laughs> is that what is that the track? I don't know what you're looking at if it says that or if it's like a weird number. It says flying with the pigs. <laughs> flying with the pigs. Oh yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah. Same idea. <laughs> could fly I'd hitch a ride so I could get out of here when did you record this one this song I think it was recorded in um, probably eighth grade if I had to guess, which would have been like 2005 or 2006. Yeah. Early. <laughs> How did you record it? Um, my aunt, Joan, who actually taught me my first three chords on guitar, she had a friend who had a recording studio in his basement in the suburbs of Minneapolis and he let me just come to his basement and we recorded I think it was one day we recorded like 12 songs because I was so like young and I didn't really know that you could do more than one try and I wasn't like playing with anyone so we just kind of ripped through these songs that I rip, wrote um, throughout middle school. Um, and this song in particular, Flying With The Pigs, was written much earlier than that. I think it was one of the first songs I wrote, like maybe age 11 or 12. But it was a hit. Yeah. <laughs> With um, my siblings and <laughs> my friends. So I think I kept it around, you know, wanted to make it available on cd for people in my life (laughs) totally so did you did you put all of those out on a cd then yeah i i mean i think i i think i burned like 15 cds and gave them to my family members and a couple friends and that was like the release process at the time um but yeah i mean I think MySpace was around, but like barely. Right. And same with Facebook. So it was just such a different um, landscape. Yeah. I didn't really care about putting out music. I just liked making it. Well, right. When you're that age. And like in 2005, too, I don't think it's like there weren't the same opportunities. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) This chorus. Uh, I had a really funny time with my dad 
recently because all of these songs I don't even have I didn't have them uh-huh. that we're gonna listen to today, but they were on the family desktop. So I <laughs> called him and was like, "Hey, can you like go through the files and try to find these?" And so we were kind of listening a little bit while he was looking for them and we were just laughing so hard and he was like honestly your vibe hasn't changed that much like <laughs> you got you like you figured out how to maybe say it better but you're just talking about the same stuff that's so that was funny and yeah. humbling yeah <laughs> it's kind of it's a little bit comforting though right that there can be like through lines of your personality or things that are important to you but you do figure out eventually how to like say them at least a little bit better yeah or a little bit more nuanced right yeah it's in some ways it's comforting and then in other ways I feel like am I a gerbil on a wheel (laughs) and I'm just like running in place talking about the same stuff as I was when I was 11. Yeah. I'm not sure how to feel about it, I guess. Yeah. You know, I bet there's some different things that you're talking about. That's true. I feel like the, the, um, amount of things you can write about and talk about probably has grown. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I hope, I hope so for me too. Cause I feel like when I was about uh, 11, I didn't have that much to say. (laughs) Didn't have that much to talk about. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> what's what's the next one you want to listen to? Um, want is a strong word, but um, <laughs> we could do that'll be enough. I actually didn't listen all the way through this one yet, so. All right. Yeah. Well, then it'll be Buckle fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I meant to walk this world alone. Do you remember if there were particular artists, people you were listening to and like trying to emulate or using for inspiration around that time? Absolutely. I was just fully obsessed with Avril Lavigne. Yeah, same. <laughs> I was like so upset that she thought of the tie with the tank top combo before I did. I was like, God, <laughs> if I had just thought of that, I could be her. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Avril Lavigne was a big one. Vanessa Carlton, Michelle yeah. Branch, kind of that whole era of like early 2000s like women songwriters with an acoustic guitar just like not quite emo but like emotionally intense uh yeah feminine perspective I guess really resonated with me yeah same yeah coming from the same place hell yeah I cannot tell you how many times I listen to a thousand miles on repeat oh I mean, it's, it's like so catchy. If I I'm not, can't even think about it, otherwise it'll be stuck in my head for like a week. Yeah. I don't want to do that to us. But <laughs> I mean, I wish that I was listening to... I, I wish, I guess, that I had been exposed to maybe some more indie stuff at the time. But yeah. my parents were listening to like Bruce Springsteen and um, the Beatles, and which is also great music, but... 
there was so much cool stuff going on at that time and I had no idea I've had to like really go back and discover it yeah Yep. <laughs> so much drama in my, like, actually very standard, boring, like, teenage life. <laughs> yeah, but you had, to, you had to have some drama. You had to have some fun. And I just feel like there's that intensity of, like, the teen emotional state where everything Absolutely. was so heightened. Yeah. So it's, like, no surprise to me that a lot of these songs from that sort of era for a lot of people come out so dramatic (laughs) it's true yeah and I think I mean it's interesting revisiting these because my I think I was so scared of like you know being stuck in a box or like my life being a particular way Mm -hmm. I I was just I mean all the songs kind of come back to that they're like I always talking about wanting to leave feeling stuck being not wanting to get married or have (laughs) kids like I think I was really wrestling with I think what it meant to be a woman and it comes out like so dramatic and over the top but I just it is it is cool to listen back and be like oh those are some big questions it was kind of when I was first starting to like really wrestle with them totally I mean especially at that age at that time I feel like we had there's like one particular way of like being a normal person that is like presented mm-hmm. to you and you're like mm-hmm. I am the the internet was like newer and you're like not yeah. maybe as easily able to access like information about people li- living like different kinds of lives. Yeah. And so you're just like is this it? Is this the whole thing? Absolutely. All right, you have one more here. Let's <laughs> yeah. get into it if you're ready let's get into it yeah tension (laughs) all right did you ever wonder if this is all there ever is did you wake up in a cold sweat knowing that you almost had the tension never gets so thick in your life And when you need it the most No one has a knife to put you Out of your misery so <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> that I know of. 
part of why I included this one is because I used this song, I remember, as my audition to go to art school. Yeah. And thank God someone on that committee was like, this girl is dramatic, but maybe there's something we can work with because getting into that school and having that opportunity was just so life-changing and I still even to this day like 15 years later collaborate and run into a lot of the musicians that I met at that school in the Twin Cities but also around the country and that's amazing yeah yeah it's pretty cool and I just yeah this little song (laughs) I haven't thought about it for so long but it was it was part of opening that door which is really cool for sure i mean it's like you really don't know until years later like who are the people that you meet and collaborate with that are gonna like have a huge impact on your life or like how is like going to a certain place going to like shape your like creative future I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's strange to think about, but there's like open mics that I just like went to on a whim to like play a song or two where I met people that I'm like still friends with, like, you know, eight years later, or, like people yeah. that I'm still playing music with. And it's like, wow, like good thing I went to that open mic, you know, or yes. good thing I answer, answered that Craigslist ad, or, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so cool and very true. chord there at the end yeah (laughs) (laughs) how would you say that your songwriting process has changed over the years if at all my songwriting process has changed I think you know growing up I definitely used music as like a therapeutic tool and I picked up my guitar when I was really struggling or just upset and I think as time has gone on I've, I have made it more of like a discipline or I, I think of it more as a craft and I, I definitely still write songs when I'm upset and often um, I do think that the best songs come out of moments of emotional intensity but other times I just force myself to sit down with the guitar even if I don't feel like I have anything to say and sometimes my favorite songs come out of those moments which is really different from when I was, yeah, in middle school and high school, because I would go months and months without picking up my guitar back then. Yeah. Just because you're in school all the time and you're doing sports or trying to do your homework or, I don't know, angstily write in your journal or like whatever's going on. And now I think my dream, you know, back then was to be a musician and I get to do that now. I'm so lucky. And as a result... I think the craft is definitely more of an aspect of how I do music now. Thinking about having nothing to say, I feel like there have definitely been stretches during the pandemic where I feel like I've had nothing to say, you know, but Mm -hmm. I'm still like picking up my guitar and just like noodling around, practicing different things, messing around in different tunings, just doing some finger picking, whatever, just to like keep at it. Even when yeah. I'm like, I know I'm not going to write anything and I feel like empty of <laughs> of words, but, you know, mm-hmm. I do want to become better at my Absolutely. instrument. Yeah, I also think that when I was younger, 
it was really about the words. Like, I, you know, you just want to be understood so mm-hmm. badly. And I think particularly in this pandemic chapter of our lives, I don't know if this is like maturity or just realism, but it was like words can't always capture this. And I found myself playing a lot more instrumental music and writing a lot more instrumental music that I don't really know how that'll fit into what I do in the future, but it was therapy where when words just kind of failed utterly, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, that is the nice thing about it. I think in the past I had felt like if I put out something instrumental or worked on something that was, you know, without my voice, it would be some, somehow like lesser or mm. nobody would want to listen to. But and it's not true. I listen to instrumental yeah. music. There's a lot of it that's like really great. <laughs> Sometimes it's my favorite. Yeah. Like I crave it and I try to seek it out. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. What are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been enjoying? Well, this week I have been weirdly obsessed with John Prine's record Common Sense. I've just been playing it nonstop. <laughs> I don't really know why. I mean, there's a lightheartedness to that record. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've been deep, deep in that. I haven't been listening to much music, actually, I guess, besides that. But that might just be because life has been really hectic lately. Yeah. And often when I'm moving fast, I want to put on a record, but then I end up getting really frustrated because I can't give it my full attention. (laughs) So I just turn it off, which is sad, but yeah. Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, I feel like I go in and out of like having periods of time where I'm listening to a lot of music. Sometimes I'm listening to a lot more podcasts or audiobooks rather Mm -hmm. than music. It just Absolutely. comes in waves, you know, and also like depends on what I'm doing. If I'm doing a lot of tasks where I feel like I need something to occupy my mind, like there is there is a record that kind of shaped my last year. Yeah, that um, I put on a lot, particularly in those kind of moments we were just talking about of like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Um, it's an artist, Thanya Iyer, I think is how you say their name they're out of Canada and the record is called kind maybe it's called kindness I need to buy the vinyl and Mm -hmm. just stare at it for a while because I've been streaming it yeah pretty pretty constantly whenever I like need help yeah (laughs) when I need music help that's been my record this year and yeah I'm a huge fan of that artist I'm excited to see what happens next i hope they put out new music soon that's great i'll have to check it out well thank you so much for being on the podcast yeah anna thanks for having me this is i think it's such a great idea thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm honored to be part of it oh i'm i'm glad you could i'm glad it could happen <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening bye another year for the hopeless dreamers stepping across the Thanks for listening. I've linked to Humbird's music in the episode description. And you can find us on Instagram at Bad Songwriter and on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd really love it if you could write us a review. It really helps us out. If you are a songwriter who's interested in being on the show, you can email me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. 
Hope you have a good week. Bye. Come